What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey and Kendall McKee here. And my microphone fell over. Paul Hickey and Kendall McKee here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to Sports Card Strategy Show, episode 61. It's just Kendall and I, no guests today. So get pumped for that, everybody. Kendall, how you doing, man? I'm good. The uh, it's one of those mornings where like it's a little cloudy outside, so the sun is like not quite, you know, raising up. So I I have to use my desk lamp, or otherwise you won't be able to see me. Yeah, I'm with you. It's super early. Uh, Kendall and I both have a lot of other stuff going on, so we're waking up early. We're doing the sports card strategy show. It's our main priority in life, obviously, for all of you in the audience. And uh, I'm in a similar boat. I've got like another computer behind me that's like light, that's like my lighting in the background because the sun's just kind of coming out here in Tennessee. Um, so, yeah, but Kendall, like that actually uh, makes me think I've got a question for you. Um, and it's this is the second to last time you'll hear this question. So why vault your cards with the original marketplace? Because the eBay vault isn't just a way to protect what you collect. It's a new way to trade. Not only have your cards never been safer thanks to our secure climate controlled facility, but you're also locking in real savings. You pay no sales tax when you ship to or transact within the vault and there are no storage fees for two years. Now just imagine everything you can do with all that money. And with eBay Vault's seamless in-app experience, you can track, buy, and sell your cards in real time. From listing your cards in seconds with eBay Collection to tracking trends with eBay Price Guide, managing your collection is more seamless than ever before. The eBay Vault, buy, sell, secure. So that's probably the second to last time you'll hear that because the eBay promotion is running out at the end of December. That was always the plan. So um, we'll see if they actually pay us anything for that. I'm hoping that they do, but I invoiced their media company um, at the end of October for the first month's promotion, and I still haven't heard back, and today's December 19th. So I think it just might be one of those big corporation accounting things. Yeah, so at at Just Baseball, we also uh, get late invoices from them as well. So uh, don't don't feel bad. Yeah, I think it's like, you know, I've been down this road before, and, 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 earlier parts of my career where like when you're like the larger the company, the longer it takes for them to pay you versus the the smaller the company, like smaller businesses tend to pay right away, um, which I'm a big fan of. But um, yeah, like, <laughs> I think we all are Yeah, like exactly. So the uh, <clears throat> the eBay media company, the media company that re- represents eBay, they're all very nice people, but they um have emailed me like 14 times requesting the same information from me. And I reply right away every time. And they like act like they've never seen it before. And they're like, are the promotions still even running? Like, did, did you even run the ads? And I'm like, I think so. I've been talking about it every, every show. So yeah, I've been running the ads. Uh, would love it if you, if you actually pay me for the ads. But, um, speaking of that, we've got this, there's this guy, um, who runs a website called Bob's Card Market, um, bobscardmarket.com. It's basically all done through uh, Discord. But they do a real, you know, uh, there's a lot of this going on in the hobby and he runs a business and he's actually located in Tennessee. He's kind of halfway between you and I. Well, I mean, he's closer to me for sure. But uh, he's, I think he's, he lives between you and I, Kendall. And he seems like a really good guy. I talked to him about his, you know, his business and what they do at Bob's Card Market. And he's going to, he's a sponsor of the show. So thank you to uh, Bob's Card Market. They're going to be, we're going to be talking about 
Bob's Card Market um, starting in January, but it's almost January. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Um, check out bobscardmarket.com, everybody, to see what they're all about. Join their Discord. Uh, they've got like, you know, razes, breaks, games, um, all sorts of card talk. So I'm not, I haven't been in it as much because of the move and everything, but uh, I'm excited to check them out. And, um, you know, we'll see if we can uh, combine communities, you know? Go on, Bob. Yeah, do your thing, Bob. And then, of course, we've got at nooffseason.com, you can go premium. You can go premium free for a year. Just email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how. All right, let's jump into the show here, Kendall. So you've got a lot going on at Just Baseball, at Wild Cards Box Breaks, um, and of course, the Sports Card Strategy Show. So I am excited to talk to you today with no guest. Um, and uh, let's jump into your, you know, you you can do you want to jump into your L of the week or do you want to just you know chat for a minute before we go into L of the week? Uh, can we start with W of the week? I would love to start with W of the week. Let's do it. You go ahead and kick us off with your W of the week. I I mean I I think this is my W of the week, but I think it's something that we're probably just going to chat about. How can you not mention the World Cup final after a day like yesterday? Uh, just a surreal moment with Messi getting his trophy cementing himself probably is the best of all time you know the best to ever lace him up uh so cool to watch him get his trophy and then Mbappe also get a hat trick you know like I was kind of nervous about how this would affect uh you know everything with you know which one of them would would take a massive hit after this game and the way it played out I really don't think either one of them is going to take a massive hit and in fact I think both of them probably took a massive rise you know, and so for your card market, best case scenario, um, you know, I would say, uh, you know, if you're into six to 12 months flipping, this is literally not a better time. There's not a better time to sell either one of those players or any player on Argentina, <laughs> you know, or uh, honestly, like any player that did well at the World Cup, this is a, I mean, it's kind of your last chance to get out of it. Um, but I think that World Cup final, man, might have been the best soccer game I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I told my wife and kids that I thought that that was probably the best soccer match that any of us would ever watch. And so that if they didn't enjoy that match, then they probably wouldn't ever like soccer. So, yeah, um, I think I think like it could not have been scripted any better than what happened. Now, obviously, if you're uh, from France, or if you were rooting for Mbappe in France for whatever reason, it could have it could have been scripted a little better for you. But overall, um, as just a, a neutral fan, you know it really and for the game and for the card market, like you said, it could not have gone better. I mean, for Mbappe to to score a hat trick, um, just what an absolute stud! And you know, to be you know, I texted you can France come back when Argentina was up two nothing and, you know, in the first 30 minutes of the game or whatever it was. <laughs> and I mean, you and Max were both saying the same thing. You were both like, this is, it's over, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and, and I understand where you guys are coming from because you guys have each, you guys understand soccer better than I do. You've each watched you've, you especially have watched way more soccer than I ever have. So you have a feel for what that means to go to go to be down two to nothing that early on in a game of that significance and how hard it would be to come back. So I think it was, I agree. It was a great game. 
uh, could not have been a better result for both of their card markets. And I actually had the same thing in my notes. I have, you know, if you go to nooffseason.com and click on either Messi or Mbappe now on the soccer card rankings, you will see that I wrote essentially what Kendall just said, which is if, if you have been holding these guys and looking to sell them at a, at a, at a point in time, you're almost going to miss out if you don't do it right now. You may, you may have already missed out. Pro- yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Like, because I do think with, with a world cup um, sort of hype hangover could, could last longer than like a, an NBA playoff game or like a world series potentially we'll see. Um, we don't have as many sample size uh, of that data because it only happens once every four years. And the card market back in 2018 was definitely different than what it is in 2022. But it's interesting to see, um, you know, these guys perform at that level when really both of them had not had a great year coming into the world cup. So I think um, because of those two factors, like both of their card markets had, had, had really kind of dipped, especially like with Messi going to PSG with Mbappe really not doing as well in the euros and then kind of being like not average, but just not at his superstar dominant level all season for the club team. And then, for him to come out and for both of them to come out and dominate the way they did in, in the world cup. Now is the time to sell. Now the other side of that coin is um, they are now both solidified in my mind as amazing long-term holds. Right. Yeah. So if you, if you are not, you know, you just said this, you said, if you are in the 12 month flipping game, like you and I are now is the time to sell. If, if you are, dabbling in that game but you also look for long-term card investments to hold for whatever reason we talk about that a lot on the show that i'm really not that person but a lot of people are now both of these guys in my mind also fit in that category so if you want to buy these guys as a long-term investment i wouldn't necessarily do it now but if you did it in january probably not a bad idea that's probably something we'll talk about when we get to january but what do you think about that as, what do you think about these guys as a long term? If if people wanted to buy into them, um, I guess when would you do that? And and w- would you agree that obviously Messi, but you know, if he wouldn't have won the World Cup, I, I don't know that I would be as confident saying like hold Messi long term. And now and Mbappe was off to a great start, but was he going to peter out like Neymar or was he going to take the next step? And to me, it looks like he's now taking the next step, even though they lost. What do you, am I on the right track with that? Yeah, I think that's why, you know, I gave the disclosure if you are a six to 12 month person in cell, but like that's, I was kind of like laying it up to say like, it's not as a surefire of like a, holy cow, get this off your hands, like a Baker Mayfield winning, you know, the Thursday night football the other the other week you know like that was like you gotta sell because you never know if it's gonna you're gonna get another chance like this I really do think that Messi's cards will go down as like some of the most valuable cards in sports cards um because he came out and like like his cards are in the perfect era where sports cards were not super overpopulated when he started you know playing so he's got a super short run you know, like Mbappe's got cards all over the place, and now Messi does have cards, but like not as high or desirable ones. Like, like even Messi autos are kind of rare, 
you know, and so like you just don't see him that much. And so um, I'm sure that they will both be long term holds. I would rather have a Messi in a long term hold, especially if it's a PSA 10 or something like that. I mean, I think that could be like, you know, <laughs> that could be inflation for the next forever, I think. So um, and he's not done either, which. I think is a little bit of a a little bit of a caveat to this because he could come out and you know injure himself or have like a you know a lackluster end of his career. But there's talk about him coming to the states to play, and that could that could vault his card value as well. Like um, there's still milestones that I think that he will hit, uh, but just this is the biggest one, you know. So it's yeah, not, he's the goat. So this is actually a great segue into a question that we had from Scott, who's a loyal audience member and a paid member of nooffseason.com. So I wanted to get this into the show. So thanks, Scott. Um, And he and I went back and forth on an email. So, But I just wanted to get your take on this too, Kendall. And I think it's valuable for the audience, super relevant right now. So basically, Scott has like multiple messy cards. Um, He's basically taught, he has like multiple versions of the, 2004 mega cracks. Um, and I don't, you know, he didn't give me the, all the details. Like he didn't say like if they were raw or what my assumption is that he has a few of them, um, maybe some of them in different grades and whatnot. And so his question generally was, this was before the world cup. So he emailed me last week and he said, uh, but not before the world cup before the final. And he said, what do you think would be the best time to sell Messi If Argentina wins the world cup, Will this be his peak, or would you expect his cards to increase when he retires? I've got some 04 messy mega cracks and want to make the right move. Now, I, re- I replied, um, I think it's an amazing question. I said, I really think the answer is when Argentina wins the World Cup far over when he retires. Um, but, I want, but I also kind of added... Um, using other sports as a model, there's always been something to be said for listing leading up to the big game instead of waiting until they win the big game. And then I said, I'd throw in a third possibility, which is to have one of them listed in a buy it now or best offer leading up to the big game, right? And then have one or more of them listed with an auction time to end right after the final and then hold one to see what the prices do after the World Cup. And I basically added you know, because Scott was specifically looking to sell, I said, I would not wait until he retires. And so that is kind of what you just said, but do you have anything to add to that as we're talking about just kind of what to do with Messi's cards or what to do about Messi's cards now that he has his, his first world cup title? Yeah. It seems like some of the discussions that we had earlier this year around like Pujols and stuff like that about like, you know, when do we wait you know, do we wait for these guys to retire? Do we wait for their Hall of Fame ceremonies? Peyton Manning, for instance, didn't really have a jump when he hit the Hall of Fame. And so, like, there are some of these markers that are kind of false markers, kind of in our head, um, rather than, like, uh, card market markers. Um, and I, it's not going to get any bigger than him winning this World Cup. I guess potentially it could be big again if he makes the next World Cup roster, which the coach did say the number 10 was going to be there for him at the World Cup next year or the next cycle if he actually wanted. They're like, we're never going to tell Messi he's not going to be able to play. Um, but, you know, that's it's just a long way away for a player at his age. Um, but, I mean, I guess it could happen as well. And so if he is looking to sell and looking to make profit, I would – 
I would have already have been out of it probably because yeah. I think you're right about uh, posting it before the game or even during the game. Um, like now you're now as as frustrating as it is, people are already losing interest and in moving right. on to yeah. the next thing. Um, and so did the only thing that I would say with this is, did you see the scenes in Argentina? Like, have you no. seen any of the videos of the streets just completely full? No, I haven't. It's literally like it looks like everybody on the whole planet is in one is in the street. Like it goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles. And there's like drones that are flying over just like just yeah. loads of people. And like it would have been one thing for, you know, like um, if America wins the World Cup, people are going to be happy. There might be a parade, you know, like you know, people, are, you know, Alexi Lawless is going to have a viral TikTok. But like we're not going to fill the streets of D.C. for like days. Right. Like this is different. I you don't know? think and anyone's so, going to be crying with joy. No. You know? no I mean, I like don't know that one. I mean, maybe maybe you. you, like, and you have your... Maybe like really passionate fans, but not like the average Argentinian is crying. You know, like yeah, exactly like I, I live with, uh, you know, I'm here in Kentucky, but there's a girl that um, is that goes to my church and she was, she's grew up in Argentina and like, she was crying. She's not even a sports person. Right. Like she barely even knew who Messi was, but like, it was, it's just such a big cultural thing. Like, I think that's the only thing that potentially could play into a holdover for Messi's cards because like, dude, they're still in the street partying. You know, like if you're selling it to any Argentinians or whatever, they're not even to eBay yet. You know, they're not too reliving it. They're still living it. Uh, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think there could be a small window opening after this for the next week or two. But yeah, in terms of crystallizing that profit, what do you what are those cards going for raw? I, you know what? Unfortunately, I haven't even checked. So I apologize to the audience and I, I don't have that answer. I could I might look it up during another segment of the show and bring it back. Um, but uh, I was going to say, gosh, I would love to have one. of those. <laughs> I know. And, but the point, important thing to remember here, I guess is a couple things because you, you hit on one thing you just said really resonated with me. And that is like when you said, even during the game. Right. And I think that is a, that is something that all sports card investors and flippers need to remember is that during the game is the point. Of the of of peak interest for people wanting to buy your card and and case in point my buddy Nate who actually was on if for those of you who are um who are are uh, like big time sports card strategy show listeners Nate was actually my co-host before Kendall for like the first nine or ten episodes and uh so he is I would say dabbles in cards which I, a lot of the mark so we obviously have like people like us and the audience who are like big into cards. And then there's probably like people like fringe audience members who maybe stumble upon our show and are interested. Right. And I would put Nate in that category. And I would say there's probably far more Americans and people across the globe that are in that cat that are like top of the funnel type people, right? Like people who are not buying and selling and flipping cards on a daily basis, but they're interested and they may look and they may attend a card show with their kid or something like that. And they, and they might think about buying cards. So Nate's in that category. Right. And so he's texting me during the game and he's saying like, what Mbappe cards do you have? Like how many Mbappe cards do you have? So like, so I think that, um, 
that is just one person, but that is a perfect example of what you're talking about. So that audience demographic who may buy your card is interested during the big game. And then after the game, I don't think Nate or people like him care. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of the card market, to your point, kind of turns to another direction as well. So, um, but with Messi winning it, that is a different market. And so now you're talking about if you own that card, great. You have an option to keep it as a long-term investment now, or you can sell it right now and crystallize the profit. If you don't own those cards, you definitely want to make sure that you buy in at a point where it makes sense financially for that card to potentially go up again. So maybe I can add it. So the, based on the recent sales data of like the bigger messy cards, the 2004 mega cracks cards, the last sales dates we have of those at nooffseason.com are actually at the end of November. So not that they haven't sold since then, but um, like a PSA 10 of the 2004 mega cracks Barca Campeon 62 was $6,000 on November 11th. So I'd have to look up if there's a more recent sale of that card now. PSA 8 on November 20th was $849. But when I said I don't have the data, I don't have the data of like if anything sold in the last 24 hours. Yeah, I think, man, there's like a, so the, there's a five, there's a 2004 Panini Mega Cracks Auto B, BGS8 for $500. That re, or eight and a half, that really feels like you could crack it and send it to PSA for a nine and make a ton of money. Yeah, I like that play a lot. Okay, so December 18th, which was yesterday, that card that I mentioned a second ago, 04. Mega Cracks Barca Campeon number 62 sold in PSA 8, 34 bids on eBay, $820. So actually, that's lower. That's $29 lower, less mm. than it sold for on November 20th. So that's interesting. I mean, it says December 18th. So I don't know if that's before or after the game ended, but that's right at that peak time we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, another PSA 8 sold yesterday for $750. So that's less. You know what I mean? Which is interesting. December 6th, the PSA 10 sold for $6,200. So that's $200 more than the sale about a month prior, um, which is interesting. I want so actually, this is, this leads me, this is a perfect segue into my L of the week. Um, and then we'll come back around and do, do, do the W to get us. Get oh, yeah, because you in, didn't mention um, So at the London card show, um, at the end of October, I bought two, I bought a bunch of cards, but I bought two Zach Wilson PSA 10s. So Zach Wilson, um, gold press proof PSA 10. It says 60 pounds on it, but I think I bought this for, so 60 pounds is like, $70. I think I probably bought this for like $50. And then this uh, blue Don Russ PSA 10 press proof as well. This says 45 pounds on it. 55. It's, it was probably 40 bucks, 40 or, you know, it's, I definitely bought it for like 
10% less than the sticker price. So the sales of these cards, like now my L of the week is probably this, uh, the gold one. Um, because it's obviously we all know what's happened with Zach Wilson. It's, you know, he lost his job to Mike White. Mike White was then injured this past weekend. Zach Wilson started against the Lions. His stat line looked good. I didn't see the game, but the Jets lost. So now it's like, you know, Zach Wilson just maybe heading into next year when there's if, if Zach Wilson ha- looks like he has the job and there's some hype around him going into next season that might be a better time to sell Zach Wilson's cards than right now. Um, although, you know, him being him being a starting quarterback and putting up 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns is not a bad time to sell him either. But this card sold for $40, buy it now, yesterday. So that's a loss, right? Because I said I bought it for probably around uh, 50 or 60 US dollars. So that's a loss. Um, but the blue one, Looks like it's actually held its value. So the blue one sold um, five days ago for $60 on eBay. But then what I wanted to bring up, though, is, um, and this is this appears to be the same across sports, across athletes, whether they're prospects or more established active goats or whatever, or, or of course, retired legends. And, and this is not a shocking statement, but I just want to bring it up again. If you look at the PSA 10, like the PSA 10 appears to be not only holding its value for a guy like Zach Wilson, but a little bit of profit in here for me. But if you go down to the PSA 9, like you've got $14.50. That was November 1st. But um, And then same thing with the gold. So like PSA, PSA 9 of the gold is going to go for much less than the PSA 10. And then, and we, but I just said that about Messi. So like the Messi PSA 10 of his 04, you would have profited off of that a little bit, not even really that much, but then his PSA, uh, his PSA eight went down. Um, no, so, so L of the week, Zach Wilson, like I thought the play here is my L of the week because like, I thought that by now, when I got to my home in Tennessee and was able to sell these from the U S that they probably would have gone up in value. I made the wrong call. You know, like I said, he lost his starting job. Now I'm looking at either breaking even for these, or maybe, maybe I'll wait till heading to the hype season, heading into the next NFL season. But I also just wanted to bring up the point that along with the messy card, it just looks like, if you go a little bit higher and go PSA 10 of these cards, it's almost like you're really mitigating your risk big time versus going with a lower grade. Um, so it depends on like what type of collector investor you are. I could see like not all of us have $6,000 to spend on a messy um, PSA 10, but if you're, but if you want to make money, that's probably what you need to do versus going $500 or $600 for the PSA eight. Um, Kendall, what do you think? Yeah, I think, um, I, well, one, I think they're that I think it's not a completely fair to put them in the same ballpark. Um, you know, a, a messy auto PSA eight or nine or something like that can be like, okay, well still, there's not that many of them. We got to get them, you know, like a rated rookie Zach Wilson, difference between a 10 and a nine is quite significant especially with the pop count of the you know like of these cards and like what it's available out there for zach wilson and stuff like that like 
I don't I, I think we've got to differentiate to our audience like this is two separate things. Yeah. Um and I think but that I've been you know I've been kind of teetering with this for a while. I I used to buy nines and, and like and, and trying to like flip them and stuff, you know, like because with hype cycles it's a little more obtainable and especially if you're like on a small bankroll um and then like i talked to some guys that uh, that are fans of our show a lot about how they're buying nines and they're flipping them and i just have got completely out of that game because nines are there it's so easy for somebody to be like well you know yeah, i mean there's stuff wrong with it you know and it's just like you don't want to I, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you don't want to give people a reason to bring up a discount, you know, like you don't want to give them like, well, you know, I would pay full price for this, but you know, yeah, um, totally. that's something I talked to Chase Krim about a lot. It from Texas Roadshow is like he was talking to me the other day about um, I so I got my I did a dual service Bowman grade in PSA and it was a PSA 10. But the auto grade was authentic because I was like, I don't want to potentially get an auto grade less than a 10. And I just want people yes. to know it's authentic, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, from where I'm at, at, at these Dallas trade shows and stuff or Dallas card shows, he's like, that's a reason for somebody to not pay me full price is because they're like, oh, well, why did you just authenticate it rather than grade it? And I, even though my intention was that we wouldn't have that conversation, it's created that it's conversation. Great. Yeah. So um, now I'll be honest, like I don't ever really think about that kind of stuff when I'm buying cards, but maybe that's because I don't buy cards well enough. You know, like I'm not like, hmm, this isn't a, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not. Anyway, I just. I, I like the grading conversation. I'm going to keep it going because it actually is everything you just said is relevant to my W of the week. And uh, it's just something I'm excited about. So I'll keep that going. But hey, uh, Ziggy, no collectibles. Happy holidays and good morning to you as well. Thanks for jumping into the show. Let us know if you have any questions, everybody. Morning, Ziggy. Uh, and uh, so my um, W of the week actually goes in exactly with what we're just talking about. So I made a PSA submission. I made two PSA submissions. And I've been the reason why it's my W of the week is because I did it um, this past week and I needed to wait to do it for a couple different reasons. One is because I had, um, cards that, that were on me that were in Europe that I needed to bring back to the United States. So, uh, and then one of them I bought in Atlanta, which I talked about on last week's show. So, um, four Gavi rookies from 2021 tops, Chrome, um, Pedri auto that I picked up at the London card show, um, uh, the, and then I did crack, sorry to uh, Frankie Goodman from uh, digital grading UK. I did crack all of the slabs that I talked about on the show. When we had Frankie on, I took them out to my garage with a hammer and beat the crap out of the top uh, label portion of the slab and then successfully flipped it open with a screwdriver did not damage the card, but I'm submitting uh, the Pedri that was a hundred the Cade Cunningham red pulsar that was a 94. And then, so basically, and then I did have another one. I had a HGA slab and a CD lamb, uh, Panini Donruss optic hollow that I picked up at the London card show for like 10 bucks or something, but it was HGA non nine five with, with their top subgrades or whatever. So I said, and I looked up the 
price. And I said, this in a PSA 10 is a pretty decent profit margin at the $15 per card submission level. And in a PSA 9, it's basically breaking even. So that um, I believe that this submission at the $15 per card level is a win of the week for me. And a couple different things that I'll just tie together here. So one is the auto grade. So I did this with the Jordan pool that you're familiar with and the audience who, who's been listening for we a while. off last night, by the way, <laughs> Jordan pool is looking good for the, for the warriors. Um, but I, but I do feel like I still made the right move when I, I, I bought his contenders rookie ticket auto from chase Krim at the national for about 330 or $350 raw submitted it as part of a bulk submission to PSA. Now, because it was in a bulk submission, I could not grade the auto. But I, I was happy that I couldn't grade the auto because I didn't want any kind of acknowledgement around the auto grade to the point that you just made. So I didn't want it authenticated. You just wanted I, to know it was real. <laughs> I just wanted to know, well, it's since it's Panini, it's a Panini uh, verified auto anyway. Yeah. I just wanted the card grade. And so that's another option. So if you, so that's what I did with this Christ, Christian Encarnacion strand. I just bulked it together in a $15 per card submission that doesn't allow you to get the auto grade because they all have to be just a card grade at that level. And so now to me, like somebody can go, oh, well, why didn't you get the auto graded? And they can, we can play that game and they might not want to buy the card. But in my mind, I just got the card graded because the, the autograph is already authenticated by, by, top, by Bowman, by Tops, right? So to me, that's the way to go because I don't, like, I don't want to risk getting like a 7, 8, or a 9 on an auto at PSA. And I don't really want it to say authentic either. I just want the card grade with the auto on it. If it's, if it's already been authentic, if it's a, a pack pulled auto, right? If it's like obviously an autograph that's been signed after the fact by the athlete, then you're, you're going to want the, the auto authenticated and or graded. So um, the other side is from the PWCC vault. So I had some cards in my PWCC vault and I basically made the same submission. And this is kind of part of liquidating my vault. So I'm basically getting everything out of my PWCC vault slowly but surely at the right time. But I did have a bunch of Cade Cunningham, Zaire Williams, one Cade and Clark, and a Jeremy Pino auto that I went ahead and um, had. Dang, that Jeremy else. Pino auto is going to be sick. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Now, I have no way of knowing what those cards are going to are gonna grade because those are all cards that I just bought off of eBay, had shipped to the vault, never seen them in real life. Uh, PWCC actually does a really nice job now of um, – they actually require that they authenticate your cards. So you have to pay a $6 fee per raw card now at PWCC. But what they do for that $6 is they authenticate, they video your card so that you have a Vimeo video of your card. You have really nice high-res images of the card. And then they actually, they don't slab it for you, but they put it in a top loader with a label on it. That's a nice looking label. And the reason I like that for those of you who need to use a vault service is um, now you have great pictures of a raw card. 
with like a nice label on the top. And when if you're if you're selling the card online and then shipping it from your vault to the buyer, it's a better experience now for the buyer. Like it's a guaranteed better experience because before like whatever the seller sent it in <laughs> was what I had a picture of. So like I used to get cards in my PWCC vault that had like, you know, tape over the player's face or whatever, like over the top loader. And it's like, I can't sell that because I'm not going to, that's the only photo I can get of that card. So all those things kind of combined as my win of the week. And then this kind of, I'll just answer the other question I had from an audience member was around grading. So Kendall, I wanted to get your take on this. So Travis Martin asked, um, the criteria that I use to determine if a card should be sent to PSA. So he's saying I'm hesitant to begin grading cards because you never know what grade it will come back as plus adding in the fees. Right. And then, and so the insight that I gave him in the email that I'll just elaborate more on now is my method is pretty simple math. So I look at what's the, what do I have to pay for the raw card? What, um, what does it sell at in PSA 10? And what does it sell at in PSA 9? And then what grade level submission can I, can I submit it at? So what's going to be my, what are my total fees per card, including the grading fee? And then the reason I mentioned PSA 9 is because if I think that it's worst case a 9, best case a 10, if it's selling in PSA 9 for within 10% either way of the total cost that I put into the card, including grading, I will send it in as long as the athlete is someone that I believe will have a market. That's kind of the, like the athlete has to have a market. It can't just be, um, you know, it, it can't just be like a Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pistons who's like lighting it up right now. Um, his rookie, his rookie raw card sending it in because the math works. Like, I, I just don't know that Boyan Bogdanovich has a market. So it has to be a guy that, that I know will have a market and then the math has to work out. And then obviously the upside of the, the greater the upside of the PSA 10, the more reason you have to maybe go with like a different grading level to get it back quicker or, you know, because then if you get it back quicker, you still have the opportunity to profit more uh, because the PSA 10 selling, um, you know, at a higher profit margin. But Kendall, I know you and I think differently a lot of, a lot of the time on grading. So do you have anything to add to, uh, to the audience uh, question here? Uh, no, I, I think you've done a great job of explaining the position. I mean, I tend to agree with where you're at as well. I just am probably not buying that many raw cards. Um, and typically what I'm doing is my market is in just uh, buying PSA tens and then flipping them. Um, you know, so I actually am not bulk grading that much because considering Paul, my an L a week for me is that order is still not back. Like the one I sent in July is just like, been on the last step since September and like frustratingly it had some uh I mean it had World Cup players in it and I like I just was ah. anyway but uh that's just part of the game you know like there's gonna be cycles where you're gonna send stuff to a, a service and you're gonna have to really know 
if you have the time margin for all that, you know, like, like if it's going to be quick, you're going to have to pony up and pay the extra money for the quick turnaround. Um, but I, I like what you, what you've said about market and like knowing where you're at with, uh, the auto stuff. Um, uh, interest, I, you know, like I never even thought to just get the card grade. Like I was just like, yeah, I've got to get my bare minimum is authentic on the auto, but you for the, uh, Encarnacion strand just went with the, just I just went with the card grade. I mean, cause the Jordan pool sold for $1,400 in October. And it didn't have an auto grade. It was just a PSA 10 card grade, no auto grade, Panini Authentic Auto, obviously. I mean, you can do that with a contender's rookie ticket auto. You can do that with a Bowman first Chrome prospect auto because everybody know, like it says on the card that it's a Tops or Panini authenticated auto. Yeah, so I mean, it could have backfired, but it didn't. I think people just, the buyer and the people, it got a lot of bids too. So it was more than just that one buyer. It was like 30 or 40 bids on that card. So all those people saw PSA 10 on the card. It's a contender's rookie ticket auto. It's Jordan Poole. Again, you you make this point all the time, which is brilliant. Like you, you, you need to acquire cards that you don't have to make up and make grading decisions on cards based on you not needing to explain stuff to people. So this was just Jordan Poole, PSA 10 contenders, rookie ticket auto. It didn't, it had nothing to do with the auto grade. It was just that simple. And there it was. So now had it been. And like, if you're like, if you don't like it, this card ain't for you, you know, like this is the peak of. <laughs> There's going to be a market. For it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to be able to sell this card. If you don't want it, that's fine with me. But yeah. yeah, if you're trying to if you're trying to explain something to somebody, that's a different situation. So, um, hello to VJ Patel. Um, What's up, VJ? Sorry that the World Cup is over, but man, could not have asked for a more exciting World Cup. I don't think so. VJ, good to see you, man. Um, Kendall, let's go to you for your uh, your buy of the week. Who who are you buying? I have two guys that I'm interested in. One in particular is the same theme that I've been that I've been harping on about baseball and in previous years is where we're at right now. Uh, Bowman Chrome or uh, Bowman Chrome has just released. It's kind of like on its, um, I don't know if it's like on its downturn yet, but it's definitely like not at its peak, but we're about to have Bowman draft come out in the next week. And actually it's in the next nine days. So, Bowman draft is typically where you see a ton of the top level prospects, but then you have a ton of autos come out for pitchers as well. So it's a unique pro it's a unique product to where it's like the best of the best guys are in there. Like, like the guys like Marcelo Meyer and Jordan Lawler were in last year's, but at the same time you had guys like, um, uh, shoot. Yeah. I don't know. You just had like tons of pitchers in the, in, in the deal as well. And so for instance, Kumar rocker, third overall pick for my Rangers is going to have an auto in this set. And it's probably going to be an auto people are going to chase, but it's not going to be an auto. That's going to be really worth much down the road because we've talked about, you know, pitchers. And I think there is an aspect where you can make money on those players when they're severely overlooked. But um, so anyway, the guy that I am buying right now is a guy I'm really interested in is Kyle Manzardo. He plays for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and this was the one that I don't want to get like too cheeky about, but like his numbers are good. His numbers are great. Um, the only thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is that it looks like his last level was at high a 
um, from what I'm looking at. Um, and so, but his, his stats are off the chart. He's got a 327 average in 2022 minor league baseball. He's got a 16% K rate, which is half of where like the half of the warning level. He's got a, uh, a home run to stolen base ratio of 22 to one. He's, he's an elite player. He's got all the measurables you want. So Kyle Manzardo is a guy that I'm looking for, and he's in a system in the Tampa Bay Rays that is doing a really good job of, of developing prospects. They've just done a good job of it. And so uh, I'm looking at him and, and kind of saying, like, okay, let's, let's see if I can spend some money here. It's a guy named Kyle Manzardo. He's number 34 on our list. <laughs> there you go. Um, and above Juan Soto. So that should give you guys the, the okay going forward of looking for Manzardo cards. The Bowman Chrome Auto is what I would look for primarily. But if you had the cheddar for it, I would go at least to like a refractor. Um, it, it seems these days that the the as more and more cards are getting printed, the more and more things that are holding value are the color autos of people's of people's uh, autographs. Um, and so I love Kyle Manzardo right now. And then I'm also looking at a guy in basketball, Paul. You might be able to uh, to throw a little love your way here. But Bruce Brown Jr. from the Nuggets is an electric player. I've been watching the Nuggets quite a bit because I love watching Jokic. And I just figured KCP or, or Murray were going to be the guys that were going to play alongside him. But, man, I am really surprised with how Bruce Brown is playing. Um, he, I believe he came up in, a, in the Pistons organization, I think. Um, and he's got like a card in 2018 prism. Um, he's a guy that I'm interested in. He's a guy that's, that's definitely on the turn. I think, um, getting a, some significant run here with the nuggets seems to have actually found his stride in the NBA with this team. Um, and, uh, I like what I'm seeing. Interesting. So Kyle Manzardo, like Kendall said, number 34 overall at nooffseason.com's baseball card rankings. Check out nooffseason.com. Uh, again, go premium free for a year if you want. Just email me at paul at nooffseason.com. And then, yeah, Bruce Brown, definitely like a fun guy to watch. He, uh, unfortunately, um, I mean, it was a great pick by my Pistons. Unfortunately, they got rid of him. He landed with the Nets. I think that was a trade. Um and so he he was pretty good with the Nets uh, during during one of their playoff runs with KD um, and has landed in Denver to uh, Kendall's point. And yeah, is is putting up some stats, getting a lot of minutes, very efficient player. Um, one interesting. So a cu couple of different ways you can go with this. My thing is, I probably wouldn't invest in a guy like Bruce Brown just because I'm looking for number one guys on NBA teams. That's just kind of been my staple over the last year. When I'm putting money into a card, it's going to be for a number one guy, not necessarily a flyer. I was doing flyers before that. That's not not to say that I don't recommend the other people take flyers. Um, Gary from Hoops and Cards uh takes a lot of flyers and I would love his take on Bruce Brown, but uh, the positives to potentially buying a guy like Bruce Brown is that he's a second round pick, which means that he doesn't have, he probably won't have as many cards. So 2018 second round pick. And I think Kendall, the 2018 uh, print runs were probably lower 
than the 2019 and, and uh, more current print runs. And so that is an advantage, actually, believe it or not, um, for those of you who are newer to buying sports cards um, from a flipping perspective, getting a guy who's a second round pick, getting a guy who is, is uh, not only a second round pick, but uh, is pre-2019 uh, player in general, like a DeJounte Murray or like a Gary Trent Jr., guys that I've talked about before. Bruce Brown, um, he's going to be in the mix. Denver's good. So, he, and he's a good, he's, it's not that he's not a good player. It's just, you know, how much are you buying? How much are you paying for his cards? And if, if it's dirt cheap, then there's some upside there. Kendall, have you bought any Bruce? Like, have you, uh, have not you yet. Bruce Brown? Okay. Um, but, you know, like, so last night I was watching um, the Nuggets and I've watched quite a few Nuggets games actually this year. Um, because I, I love watching Jokic and he's on my fantasy team, but, um, I, I just, the past couple of weeks have been watching Bruce Brown and I'm like, okay, he's catching my attention. He's catching my attention. I actually looked up some of his cards, which is usually the, like the last step for me before buying something. And so, um, but I think when I was putting myself in the shoes of our listeners, it's really easy for us to just say, yeah, go buy Messi. Yeah. Go buy Mbappe. Yeah. You know, like that's basically just supporting a mass culture of you. And so I was thinking, okay, if I'm a listener of a, of a, of a strategy show, where's a guy that I've never heard of that they can, that I can go look for. And I think maybe you've never heard of, like if you're an average NBA viewer, you definitely have not heard of him. He's a second round pick. He's from Vermont. He's the only basketball player to ever make the NBA from Vermont. You know? So it's just like, it's fun to watch. It's a great call. That you're you're absolutely right. That is why we do the show. We do the show to not be Captain Obvious. So good work, Kendall. Way to bring bring. But I would I would agree with you though that I teams. tend to go towards the number one on the team. But every once in a while, I like just like you know throwing. Up, for instance, I bought five Nick Richards autos earlier this year, and to our argument, <laughs> like recapping. James Wiseman has spent more time in the in the G League than Nick Richards has spent on the bench. So um, I don't know. We'll see. See if Plumlee gets moved. He's playing really well. So I don't know. But that's why we started the show. And that's why I started the website is because sports cards is a great way to prove your sports knowledge to your friends and get some bragging rights and make some, make some money. So it's just like some people want to play FanDuel and DraftKings and other, other online sports books and DFS and stuff. And, and some people want to play fantasy sports and there's a lot of crossover with cards, like go, go grab a Bruce Brown 2018 better. Yeah. I mean, this, that's a great card to find at a card show also. So, I mean, not only on eBay or online, but, Go, if you can find like a guy like a Bruce Brown 2018 prism or something like that, even a Don Russ optic or something like that at a card show or a card shop, um, that'd be awesome. Better yet, like go like if you live in in New York and you can find a Bruce Brown uh, because he used to play for the Nets and then sell it online to somebody who lives in Denver. That's the play right there. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So, 
So my buy of the week, I'm going to go fast because I picked up a bunch, I, I picked out a bunch of guys from marketmoversapp.com. So if you want your first month for only $1 at marketmoversapp.com, uh, use the promo code no off season. And um, I use the deals tab, but I also like to go to the movements tab and just type in a player's name. And then if you, if you go to the, the movements tab, type in a player's name and then that you could toggle between player and card. So like Erling Holland, his market's been down consistently since the World Cup started and even leading into the World Cup. And we have talked about him many times, but not everybody listens to every show. And so I want to bring it up again. Like who to buy when... Messi and Mbappe go off. To me, it's Erling Haaland because Messi and Mbappe and the World Cup represent how strong the soccer card market is. And you can make an argument, well, Haaland's never going to play in a World Cup. That's not necessarily true. He just didn't play in this World Cup. He's also like the best player in the world. So he, he also would, could reclassify to an English national, which would be that would be unreal. Yeah, that that would be like a huge bump to his. I don't think he's going to do that. Market. Just to be clear, but but the dude is, I would say, it's hard to say better than Mbappe now after watching him, what Mbappe did yesterday. But he was he was looking pretty darn good before the before the break. Uh, and he scores man, a lot of goals. He scores a lot of goals. <laughs> he checks all the boxes, and may, maybe one the only box he doesn't check is the World Cup box. But maybe one day he will. So, anyway, go where they go where they ain't right. And his market is down. You know, over the last sixty days, twenty eight point four percent. And there is no reason for his market to be down other than the fact that he just has not been in the news cycle. So buy him now. Flip him later, you will make money on Erling Haaland. A few other guys, George Russell talked about him. Uh, now is a great time to buy F1. Down his overall market's down 22% over the last 30 days. That will not continue. That will go up, especially as we head into February. So now is a great time to buy George Russell. Let's talk about some baseball guys. This Ellie De La Cruz uh, 2022 Bowman Sapphire Edition. Uh, Chrome Prospects first PSA 10, not an autographed card. It's down. Uh, it's lick. It's super liquid though, so it sells every week multiple times. That's what I mean when I say super liquid. For those of you who who don't follow that terminology, but this card sold in November for uh, multiple times for you know around 130 to 150 dollars. Now you can get it for 120. This is a guy that when baseball starts up and when he gets the call up That's a great uh, call. even this simple of a card should sell for quite a bit more than that i would sell during the initial call up uh jordan lawler's card market's down 13 percent. anthony volpe's card market is down uh eight percent over the last 30 days so uh kendall what do you think of those real quick of the you know those guys you follow a lot of those guys uh more than i do what do you think of those uh, buys right now i think the uh, the strongest well i think all those were were great calls i think the strongest call you've made right there is ellie de la cruz it th it's a very similar thing to what i did last year around this time i bought into indy rodriguez and julio rodriguez and both of those ended up playing out very nicely for me so 
I'm tuning in, trying to figure out how much money I can spend in terms of what I want to put into, you know, one or two cards rather than spreading it out. And uh, Ellie's one of those that's on the list that I know. Yeah. I mean, if there was a futures line on Ellie De La Cruz winning rookie of the year right now, I'd probably take it because like it's probably very good odds. And this guy is a Martian, you know, like. Like I know that that Dominguez nickname is the Martian, but this is like the real Martian, you know, like Ellie's the real deal. And um, I'm just super excited to he's probably going to make camp this year and he's probably going to be on this Reds team that is going to be struggling for uh, for attention. And so Ellie is going to get all the run in the world to just destroy baseballs. So we'll see. The other other guy that you talked a lot about last year was O'Neill Cruz. And uh, yeah. that paid off for a lot of our, our audience who listened to you. It paid off for me. I listened to you and I made some money on an, a couple O'Neill Cruz cards. And uh, I think we think Ellie De La Cruz is that next guy. So I'm going to go into my who to sell now. Then Kendall will, then we'll wrap up the show. So, cause we're running out of time in our hour here. So who am I, I advising to sell right now? It would be, this might be unpopular, but I'm going to go Jalen Hurts base cards. Uh, his market is up so much right now, and he is dominating from a statistical perspective and from a winning perspective that all of his, not only his base cards, but any of his sort of odd set parallel numbered variations, odd set meaning like certified, like not even... Even his non-rookie cards are showing up as being up, believe it or not. So I would just, you know, unless if, now if you're holding a banger Jalen Hurts, some, some type of contenders rookie ticket auto or some, you know, select auto or, you know, they're, they're obviously like a national treasures or something like that. I mean, I would caution you not to necessarily sell that right now because the Eagles do look like they could make a run at the Super Bowl. But it's one of those things where we talked about it earlier in the show. A lot of times the build up to the potential game is a better time to sell than the actual game or the result of the game. And the fact like really it's still going to be a, a tough road to, for any of these teams to even get to the Super Bowl. So the same could be said for like a Kirk Cousins situation. The same could be said for a bunch of other quarterbacks. But I just think like, unless you're holding some really, really nice auto Jalen Hurts uh, cards, I would sell like his Prism base PSA 10s, his optic PSA 10s uh, from 2020. But again, that could be unpopular. I would love to uh, know what the audience has to say about that and what Kendall has to say about that. Yeah, I think he finally showed that he was human yesterday. Uh, like, sure, he had three rushing touchdowns, but he, I, I mean, I, he did not look like Jalen Hurts yesterday. Um, and if you didn't watch the game, you're probably like, oh, you're looking at the stat line. You're like, yeah, he had some turnovers, but okay, whatever. He's still like dominated. True. And the Eagles are still a dominant force, yes. But a lot of that came in the second half, and a lot of it was hard to get there. Like, he grinded this one out. Um, he grinded that stat out, which is honestly really appealing as well. But 
Uh, I love that play. Um, I would get out of it if I can. But I'm going to – my sell of the week is a guy that we talked about earlier this year, and I said, I think if we wait, we're going to get a really cool opportunity to sell later in this year. And so uh, let me let me go ahead and share my screen here too because I've got it pulled up. Um, blah, blah, blah. Permission. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Trevor Lawrence – we talked about him in like week two or three, and I was like, hey, this guy probably is going to have a chance to pop off later this year. And he just beat the Cowboys in overtime, which was like super fun to watch for me. Um, but this guy's market is green all over the place in every card as well, similar to what you're talking about in Jalen Hurts. You know, like um, Trevor Lawrence is a guy who they have a 48% chance of making the playoffs as of right now. Um, it, they have a weirdly enough, they have a 44. Sorry, 44% chance of making the playoffs and a 43% chance of winning the division. So it's like, you know, there's still some likelihood out there that Trevor is going to make a playoff run, which is still going to be in in the net positive for you if you're selling Trevor Lawrence cards here between now and the future. But that's still under 50%. So I'm going to take this big Cowboys win and ride off into the sunset if I'm Trevor Lawrence owner and uh, and enjoy my enjoy my win. So. I like that. That's a great call and a good lesson for everybody uh, watching and listening to the show. Um, one thing that I have to add before we sign off for today is that I am thinking of going to the Atlanta Culture Collision Card Show. Um, it's Friday, January 27th through Sunday, January 29th, coming up in 2023, which is just about a month away. And uh, Cobb Galleria Center in Southeast Atlanta. So I may be there. I'm going to look at uh, flights, Southwest flights from Nashville to Atlanta uh, today. See if I can maybe book something and uh, go to Atlanta for Culture Collision because I've heard from everybody that's a pretty decent show. So if any of you are thinking of going or are going, let me know. Um, drop, you know, email me or drop me a line in the comments and I'd love to see you there. Yeah, we had a little bit of a presence there last year uh, at, at just baseball. And so they met some incredible athletes out there that were just in Atlanta and just came up there to just see what's up. So uh, it's really That's cool. sweet. Cool. All right, Kendall, do you have anything to add before we sign off for today? Dude, I just need some rock music in my ears, baby. Play that rock music. Here's the rock music. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for watching and listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show. I'm Paul Hickey. He's Kendall McKee with NoOffSeason.com. Talk to you soon.